Hello, and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you for joining me today. Let's get things rolling. I grew up primarily out in the western part of the United States and spent many summers in Idaho visiting my grandma, my great aunt, and my cousins, and my dad had actually grown up on a farm there. Spent many early mornings milking cows, we got all that, (laughs) and learned how to wake up early in our house because of uh, the farm experiences. Not that we had them, but that was just like passed on. And uh, we experienced a very small portion of that life, mostly by just running out in the fields and avoiding cow pies as we played. In the 90s, I grew up on country music in the car and visiting my grandma with the hopes of getting to ride one of the few horses they had left, or if we were really lucky, one of the llamas that my uncle kept. When I was a kid, he was a dare officer, which meant that part of his job included going to schools and teaching kids about the dangers of drugs, say no to drugs, etc. And he once made a video about this, and some of the stars of the video were his llamas. Llama spit was involved, it was great, and also kind of disgusting. But the llamas are really cute. Often, when I think of blue jeans, I tend to think of Idaho farms, country music, dancing, and occasionally llamas. But country stylings are not the only place for blue jeans. So, today, let's talk about why we can be grateful for blue jeans. The name jeans actually comes from a city in Italy. The name jeans actually comes from a city in Italy the city of Genoa, in Genoa. Cotton corduroy fabric, or as it is also called, jean or jean, was produced. The French pronunciation of Genoa is gen, which might be where we got the word jeans. Now, why the French? The name denim also comes from France. The fabric was initially made in Nîmes, France, and is called cherge de Nîmes. It was shortened to de Nîmes, and from there to denim, de Nîmes, denim. Weavers in Nîmes had tried to produce the cotton corduroy famous in Genoa, Italy, but failed after a while and eventually created a new fabric, which was denim. The color of the denim comes from a dye made in India from the plant Indigofera tinctoria. The indigo exported from India to other countries was initially very expensive because of the trade route, but once a seafaring way to India was discovered, costs decreased. In the late 19th century, a synthetic indigo was also discovered or created, which continued to cheapen the process of dyeing jeans and other things, I guess, blue. The term jeans itself actually refers to a specific type of pant or trouser and got its name from blue jeans. The term blue jeans was later patented by Jacob W. Davis and Levi Strauss and Company. People had called many different things blue jeans before the term was patented and tied specifically to Davis and Strauss's clothing. Davis and Strauss invented and patented the blue jeans we know today on May 20th, 1873. Prior to their invention, blue jeans was actually a term that had referred to coats, trousers, and overalls made in blue denim. Jeans themselves were typically made from dungaree or denim cloth. Both cloths are cotton, but denim is woven and then dyed, while dungaree cloth is woven from yarn that has already been dyed. The term jean also refers to a sturdy type of cloth that was made from cotton warp and wool weft, also called Virginia cloth. 
Jeans originally started as clothing for farmers and miners, with the sturdy cloth protecting the miners. The story goes that Jacob Davis, who was born in Latvia and had immigrated to the United States in 1854, was a tailor in Nevada and was one day asked to make sturdy trousers for a woodcutter. The woodcutter's wife had come in and asked for clothing tailored specifically to her husband, who was a bit larger, and Davis wanted to reinforce the pockets in particular because those often tore. So he came up with the idea of using rivets to reinforce the trouser. Davis saw the potential of his invention because in the next month, he received 200 more requests for a similar gene with the rivets. But he didn't have the money to actually patent his invention, and he was worried that it would be copied or stolen from him. So instead, he wrote to Levi Strauss Company, which was the company that provided him with the fabric for the jeans. Levi Strauss had come over from Germany to New York City to work with his brother. His brother owned a dry goods store, and with the rise of the gold rush, Strauss set off for San Francisco to open a Western branch of their business there, which is where he met Davis, as Davis was one of the customers who purchased Strauss's cotton, or denim. And so Davis wrote to Strauss and proposed that they become business partners so that Strauss would also foot the bill for, I think it was a $68 patent, which Davis just couldn't afford. And that's how they got started. The jeans were initially made from duck cotton and denim. Denim was particularly popular because the fabric would get softer over time. It also interacted well with the indigo dye that became very popular. The indigo dye would sit on the outside of the cotton yarn, giving the jeans their unique color. This also kept the people who were wearing the jeans from being dyed blue. Not only this, but because the dye of the jeans sat on the outside of the yarn, the wear of each set of jeans was different for each person kind of personalized depending on what they did in their lives. For example, I have a pair of jeans from my time in London um, when I had a habit of carrying my Oyster card, which is like your public transportation card, as well as my school ID in the front of my pocket, like my front pocket. And now that I look at those jeans, I have a small like right angle that is worn into my jeans from where the corner of my cards would sit. So normal blue jeans and then all of a sudden there's like (laughs) a white right angle from my cards. This personalized wear also appealed to general consumers at the time. Initially, jeans were worn primarily by cowboys and farmers in the West, as well as miners. And so they were associated with the romanticized notion of the cowboy and the rugged life out West and the general working class. It was so much a part of this cowboy identity that when the affluent from the eastern United States wanted a break... They'd come out to the West and play at being cowboys by working on ranches for a while, and part of this experience included wearing blue jeans. The transition from rural cowboy wear to casual wear was actually seen as a rebellious transformation, with the cultural shift coming from the silver screen, with Marlon Brando and James Dean, with their films like Rebel Without a Cause in the 1950s or Brando's The Wild One. The jeans came to symbolize rebellion, later being adopted by teens, greasers, and other subgroups. Hollywood bad boys wore jeans in the flicks audiences were viewing, and not just in the movies. Brando and Dean also wore jeans in their everyday life, in addition to rejecting what was then considered the normal pathway of life, of getting married, moving to the suburbs, starting a family. These were instead GIs who rode around the country on motorcycles and wore the blue jeans and, you know, scary stuff, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. Change. Change is always scary. The association between jeans and nonconformist behavior led to jeans actually being banned in schools for a time. 
Outside of the U.S., GIs stationed in Japan and Europe who were from the western states of the United States and were part of the working class, they began to wear their jeans on their days off as a symbol of home. Jeans then began to be representative of an American way of life. By the 1960s, jeans became more popularized in the middle class. College students began protesting wearing jeans in solidarity with the working class for whom they were protesting and who were more affected by racism and the war draft. As jeans became more and more popular, they also acted as an equalizer between classes. Much of the popularity of jeans was due to the wear. Jeans looked good, brand new, or worn. And as they were worn out, they became more comfortable and shaped to each person's shape more and more. Jeans could also still retain a good look without frequent washing as well. In fact, there has even been a few experiments done in this area. One student from the University of Alberta, Josh Le, wore his jeans for 15 months without washing and tested for bacteria. Then he washed them and tested them for bacteria after only two weeks of wear. The bacteria level was pretty much the same. It seems that jeans don't have to be washed as frequently. In 1965, a boutique in the New York East Village called Limbo was the first to wash their jeans to create a worn look, and that worn look became very, very popular. After World War II, many subcultures adopted and put their own spin on jeans, from hippies with bell-bottom jeans to greasers and rockabillies with wide turnips. Even today, between millennials and Gen Z, there are different types of jeans worn, from the wide and baggy to skinny jeans. Time for some fun facts about jeans? Well, the oldest pair of jeans that have been discovered were discovered in 1997 and were 100 years old. Also, the orange color of the thread that Levi's use for their jeans is patented and is a color that's meant to match the color of the copper rivets on the jeans. Another fun fact, jeans used to also have rivets on the back pockets, but they started to scratch up the seats and saddles of everyone who was wearing them. So they first tried covering the rivets with fabric and eventually the company just removed them entirely. Another fun fact, did you know that when jeans came into style, they weren't just blue? You had blue jeans and you had brown jeans, or as they were also called, duck jeans. Levi's were also the first piece of clothing to ever have a label sewn onto it. It was Levi's red flag sewn next to the pocket. While early jeans for men have always had zippers in the front, early jeans for women had zippers on the side. And 50% of denim is produced in China, India, and Bangladesh. Every year in the United States alone, about 450 million pairs of jeans are sold. Skinny jeans have roots in breeches in the French court of King Louis VIII, as well as pantaloons in the 1800s. Skinny jeans, or as they were also called, drainline pants, came into style initially in westerns, country music, and Hollywood stars like Marilyn Monroe and Elvis. They were also popular in rock and roll culture in the 60s, with the Beatles, Bob Dylan, and the Rolling Stones. At the end of the 60s, we started to get the bell-bottom jeans, and that lasted throughout the 70s. But then the skinny jeans were back, and later continued their metamorphosis with spandex in the 1980s. In the 80s, we also saw the rise of the bootcut jean again, which had mostly been worn by cowboys and were in some Hollywood westerns. These days, according to Gen Z, however, the skinny jean is on the out and out again, with the wide leg pant taking over the scene. If we can trust the cycle, however, I'm sure we'll get skinny jeans again, or maybe it'll be pantaloons. It's amazing to see how this simple article of clothing turned out to be not quite so simple and has indeed had an influence on the entire world. 
from boot cut to bell bottom to skinny jeans, I'm grateful for all the jean adventures we've had. And as a lover of pockets, I'm especially grateful for Davis's invention that made pockets with rivets, built to last, and hold a few of our memories as well. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a marvelous day. Take care.